Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. is the Toffee Web Podcast. Hello Blues and welcome to the latest edition of the Toffee Web Podcast on almost the eve of the 2023-24 Premier League season. Somehow it doesn't feel real that the new campaign is almost upon us, given that it's not even two and a half months since the last one ended, and yet it feels all very familiar because Everton looks like they'll be going into it with the summer's transfer business very much incomplete. Of course, none of us know what the goals were for the recruitment team during this window, but I think the consensus among Evertonians is that as things stand, there are some key positions that still need to be strengthened before we can have confidence that the Blues will be adequately equipped for what is always a pretty gruelling nine-month season. Here at Toffee Web Towers, though, we're almost fully staffed on the podcast. Uh, Paul and Andy are here with me, and we also have an Everton Podcasting Hall of Famer in the form of Roger Armstrong returning as our guest as well. Roger, first of all, how are you? Have you enjoyed the break of the close season? Not sure it's been long enough, Lyndon, but I'm, but I'm <laughs> well. Thank you. It all starts again very soon. <laughs> it does indeed. Well, I'll, I'll let you uh, kick things off, Roger. As I said in the intro, it's very much uh, deja vu at Everton heading into a new season uh, with our hopes once again pinned on the fitness of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, at least until the window closes. Uh, we'll talk a little about certain players and what we still need and, and give our specific predictions on how we think the Blues will do this season. But to begin with, uh, how are you feeling in general about the state of the club in general and our prospects heading into 2023 24 um, well, how long have you got? I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Um, as always with Everton in, in this sort of Mashiri era, you have to try and sort of disassociate the off the pitch from the on the pitch. However, we know they are inextricably linked. 
Um, I think it's very sad that we're going into a new season with Bill Kenwright still chairman. I think he's a very divisive figure and, uh, and I think that's very disappointing. I'm pleased that there has been some boardroom change, but I'm also disappointed the MSP deal hasn't materialised yet, hasn't concluded. Any number of reasons you can pick from Mashiri being a bit stubborn, from doubts over additional financing for the stadium, who knows. But um, that disappoints me. Um, but the start of a new football season has to come with hope, otherwise you're not a football fan. Um, and practically the window, I'm not sure, was stronger at the end of the window, uh, sorry, now than we were at the end of the season. So we have exposure to certain players. We have exposure to goals and the creation thereof. Uh, and that, that worries me. I think we've got a nice start to the season. I just use the word nice as a neutral word. I wouldn't say easy. Uh, but there should be some points there to be picked up. And whilst pre-season has been good from a defensive point of view, not sure we've been doing much at the top end of the pitch. That concerns me when we come up against Premier League opposition, which we haven't really faced yet pre-season. Um, so there's hope. There is hope uh, uh, that he's had a full pre-season. Mr. Dyche, he, for my liking, focuses a bit too much on fitness because I'd like to hear a bit more or see a bit more evidence of tactical uh, flexibility and creativity and, and all sorts of other exciting things that might get you on the edge of your seat. But um, it's Fulham, it's Saturday. They are perhaps one of the two or three best opponents we could have asked for. Uh, and, and, and let's hope that uh, we'll have a fully fit Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Let's hope Tarkovsky's knock is not too serious. And Ashley Young has an impressive debut. And Jordan Pickford doesn't have much to do. And Decore bangs one in from 25 yards. And I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would. Um, just going on of what uh, Roger was saying there, Paul, I, I'm never one to sort of hang too much of a hat on what happens in preseason. But I, I think that the fact that we're sort of sneaking games by the single goal and, you know, seems to be fairly uh, defensively resolute, that, that might just be a, um, a kind of pattern of, of how this this coming season will, will turn out, don't you think? Yeah, it's likely, isn't it? If um, kind of short with a dice ball or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, I mean, his whole sort of career as a manager in the Premier League, it's, you know, Burnley, Burnley 1-0 was just <laughs> always felt like the way. And you might, I can just see a lot of 1-0s, a lot of sort of tight games. Um, I'm not quite comfortable found on the Sean Dice if we go a goal ahead because he's he's, he's got that, I don't know. He's, he's sort of got that knack of being able to sort of see games out pretty well. We're not going to see too many of the like the the crazy wins. I I, I saw at Brighton towards the end of the season. I wouldn't have thought. I think um, as much as we'd like to see that, I think there'd be a lot of one nils. I think the Sport and Lisbon game um, on Saturday is, <laughs> is probably about as a carbon copy as you're going to get from whatever and are, are going to be like. If sort of like you know sneak a goal, hang in there. You know, uh, be, be defensively sound and, um, and and come away with the points. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic we'll we'll be okay uh, on the shot. Again, he, he he knows how to do that. And as we as we'll see where we are at the end of the window. I guess it's disappointing we haven't got the um, done all our business by now. But we're not alone in that at all, are we? Let's be fair. Um, around the league, I think nearly everyone's still so many teams still scrambling around trying 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 to get the business done. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be very much the case. Uh, one nil to the Everton. I think you might hopefully be seeing that quite a lot coming in the season, but the margin for the Everton, obviously, as we know, is so slim with that, isn't it? And uh, and we'll be talking nine, ten minutes of stoppage time 
per per game now, <laughs> won't we, revert with the new rules? So uh, I don't know how many Evertonians will have fingers left, let alone fingernails, of the way it's likely to shape up with the games. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, all right. Maybe not for the best reasons, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> Andy, you're looking forward to an extra 10 minutes of Everton <laughs> each week. <laughs> Look, I, I'm fully invested. I, I'm looking forward to the new season. It's almost like we've had a when you have a traumatic experience and someone asks you to do something similar again, you get a kind of little bit of adrenaline. Um, I, I'm, I feel knee deep in this now because I, I felt like, well, the first year, we, it was it was a shock that we were involved in a relegation battle. Yeah, last year we kind of just slept walked into it. Now I get the sense, well, certainly personally, but I kind of get the sense of the fan base as well that there is a we we, we know the job. There is a common cause again um, because we kind of got a bit more awareness of where we are and what we're not. And I just feel like that's just galvanised me a little bit. Um, don't know whether that's the case for everybody, but. You know, I'm sitting here with my, my official membership pack open. I've got my blue socks on. I've got the car air freshener in. I've got the fridge <laughs> magnet. Go. The fridge magnet is very much in place. But oh, uh, there it is. Yeah, you've got yours as well. There Lovely. Um, and I, I don't know. I just there's something about this at the moment that feels it feels a bit different at the beginning of, of this season. Last season, we were thinking, oh, it may, hopefully a one-off, although we, I thought we'd struggle, but nowhere near as bad as we did. Now I think we've kind of... The barricades are up, aren't they? And it feels like we at least know where we are in this whole thing. And it, almost from minute one, from day one, we know what we've got to do, and we know it's going to be a battle, and every point is going to be you know, precious to us. Um, so I, I kind of feel quite, I don't know, I feel quite excited in a strange way about it. Um, and I get the sense that maybe a few others feel the same as well, just looking at social media. Okay, we're not kind of saying we're going to be great, but we're almost looking forward to the battle. Um, and like Roger was saying, we've got a start that, allows us to get into the battle. I think that's the best way I'd say it. Um, so, I mean, I'm, 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 the socks are up halfway up my shins here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm all right about this. <laughs> um, you might be uh, following different people than I am on, on social media, <laughs> Andy. There seems to have been a fair amount of, um, I don't know, despondency and sort, of, and, and sort of infighting and backbiting and all the rest of it. And uh, I think it was at the, the Sky Bet fan opinion or fan sentiment poll that put us uh, Everton at the uh, at rock bottom. Which, um, if you want a um, an omen, I suppose that was West Ham two two years ago when uh, David Moyes was invited back. They retained David Moyes, and they were all despondent and, and as I say, rock bottom in their opinion. And they ended up finishing in the top ten and going into the Europa League. So um, you know, <laughs> there there is hope. Um, it's been almost a week. He's still not through the door, but the word is, at least from El Myers at Sky, that uh, Youssef Chimiti was to undergo medical today, Wednesday, uh, which offers hope that even at the glacial pace that Everton complete transfers, he could be registered in time to at least be eligible uh, for Saturday if we, if we should need him. Uh, Roger, um, not that we know that much about him, but what's your take on, on the signing and, and what else we need to do before the deadline? Well, look, I, I probably know as much as you guys. I've seen his stats from Portugal last year. He's 19 years old. He's six foot four. He got more yellow cards than goals. Um, it's interesting. So he's obviously got something about him. 
Um, but depending on who you read and who you follow, um, who, whose comments you, you trust, he's one for the future. Um, is he another <clears throat> Moise Keane? Some people say, is he another Henri Onyakuru? Let's hope not. Uh, let's hope we get some game time out of him this season because I'm, I'm slightly uh, confused as to why we would be spending limited funds on someone for the future when what we need is a real goal scorer, a real attacking threat, a real addition to the first team kind of oven ready, shall we say. Um, I think we need another one, at least, at the top of the pitch. I think we need another centre-back too. Um, and I think we need we need more resources in the centre of the pitch, both both uh, creative and destructive, ball winning, and 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 maybe another eight and another six. Uh, I know there's confusion over, or I still can't quite get my head around this four four one one and Dakure Onana Iwobi, where they all kind of fit into that. But I think we need we need some more legs in in midfield. Not sure about the wide positions because. Um, I mean, is Gray going? Is, is that done? Is he is he off? And therefore, do we need a, another wide player? Do we need a Nonto? Um, and again, someone like Nonto is going to be 10, 12 million. We don't have any money, people. We really have no money. Um, so if we're getting them on the Never Never or if we're getting them on Klarna Pay, fantastic. But we need more of a goal threat. And I think we need another centre-back and a central midfielder in my book. Paul, has your uh, opinions changed on anything to any degree on what, what we need? Um, well, I think, yeah, uh, I think Roger's right in, in uh, certainly uh, Yusef Chimiti, how to pronounce his name, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it, all the noises you hear, and that he's, he, he's one for the future and a bit too sort of, you know, probably a bit too raw to be expected to, to, to be thrown in sort of now. So... Yeah, I probably do need another striker, which we're linked with quite a lot of strikers, aren't we? If you come out, there's Patson Daka, Hugo Akatiki. Um, yeah, the, the one I thought was the, the it seems to go on quiet, but I thought sounded like the sort of lad we need is Che Adams, actually. I thought it'd be quite, you know, if we can get him mm-hmm. like on a um, on a permanent deal. Um, decent age, you know, handy striker, um, you know, got, got good, you know, got good finesse, you know, he's a handful, you know what I mean? You know, he, he could take, he could, he could lessen that burden dramatically, I think, of the, in the absence of Dominic Carver-Lewin. So I'm a bit disappointed that's gone a little bit quiet, but I think certainly Chimiti or not, we'll need, we need, we need something else up front. Um, we're all, yeah, I think we're all going on the, on the assumption that um, Neil Mope isn't going to click into game and score a ton of goals. So, yeah, so that's definitely an area. Otherwise, no, I'm a bit more optimistic, I'd say, than Roger across the sort of midfield and attacking areas. I think if, like, yes, I believe Damari Gray will be leaving, um, and it's uh, and obviously we need to replace him. Again, that Solomona at Southampton, he was muted on loan. It might be end up being something like that, because we, as, as Roger said, we haven't got any money. But we can get players who played in the Premier yeah. League like him, like Dan Juma. The loan market suited uh, suited as well before, maybe not for quite a while, but certainly for under David Moyes and early days of Roberto Martinez, loan loan market served us really, really well. So maybe we need to do that. Uh, maybe we need to have that uh, serving as well again. Um, and again, the uh, the lack of money, I suppose, suggests why we aren't looking at a new centre back by the same things. We're certainly not getting linked with any real centre backs. Um, 
yeah, I think we need, like we've, we've said before on the podcast over the summer. I think we need like you know some fresh blood at the back. Uh, I think Andy mentioned the centre back with pace. That's something we don't really have. You know, we're asking a lot of Van Fleet to come in. People are nervous about Michael Keane playing. Um, you know, people are nervous about Ben Godfrey playing. Mason Hoggett doesn't look like he's going to play. You know, so um, you know it's a lot of reliance on on, on Tarkovsky there with all that really. So. Yeah, Sean Dyche, if he if he backs them defenders, if he wants to work with them and he's happy to do that, then let's let's get behind him with that. But I would like to think at some you know, I definitely feel it just feels like such a stale back line. You know, what I mean there are certainly stale centre back group that I think that needs some sort of fresh blood. But um it just kinda of feels like this is going right to deadline day, doesn't it? You know, before we sort of have the picture of what we're gonna have. Um and we know as we found out last season, I don't know how many games are between now and deadline day, but we don't want to be in this position, do we, again, where oh, we're ruined game, missed opportunities against Fulham, Sheffield United, Wolves, Villa, you know, when we thought, when we thought if we'd have had that player in, then we could have, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So um feels a little bit deja vu. Um, let's hope some of them, um, some of these names come in quite quick. I agree that it's probably going to go to the wire. I mean, um, which is why it's so disappointing that McNeil's injured. Yeah. Um, Dan Juma's not yet fit. Um, <clears throat> Tarkovsky is, well, clearly had to struggle with something at the end of the game. Um, Dominic Carver-Lewin is not 100% fit. So, you know, because we're, we're not going to be able to do our business because we are so low in the food chain until very late on, we have got a bit of a conundrum for the next, you know, what is it, three weeks, as to what they can do, really. I mean, I agree with Roger when he says... Why would we buy um, Jamiti? Why would we buy him if he's not going to be part of the first team straight away? Because that's that whatever we're paying up front, it's a lot of money in our position to not chuck him in straight away. I mean, I appreciate that if he gets signed at the back end of this week, he probably won't go straight into Saturday. I get that, but you would expect a team, a club in our position financially, to any outlay. It's going to have to be for a first team player who is ready to go into the first team. Otherwise, I don't know why we're doing it. That wouldn't that makes no sense. So, I mean, if you consider that he would be a striker, I think we need another forward player of some kind, whether that be a Dakar or a Ianacho has gone a bit quiet, but that, that kind of player that can maybe play off a side but also play down the middle, or someone else a bit like Dan Juma who can certainly do a bit of both. Um, and I agree about centre-half. I mean, you know, James Tarkovsky's not missed much football at all in the last five years, but if he does, then <laughs> we are back to what we've wor- found out doesn't work, really. Um, Godfrey, meh, Keane, meh, and Brampway is an unknown. I don't know whether those sound, do those sound effects kind of sum up the feelings of uh, of Godfrey and Keane on kind of a sliding scale of ooh. Um, and Branthwaite, we just don't know. We, we just don't know what Branthwaite's going to do. I mean, I hope that Gerard Branthwaite's going to come into the team Saturday and start well and we'll go from there. But it's nothing's guaranteed with a kid that age. Um, so I think we need a centre-half as well. But I can see it all happening in the last two days. I think it's interesting with Branthwaite that Marcel Brands didn't uh, end up keeping him at PSV, didn't try harder to keep him at PSV, given that he took him from Carlisle in the first place, you know. Uh, whether the PSV have got money, I, d- I don't really know. And he had sort of in and out time, didn't he? He, played some, he had some good game time. 
played some European games. Uh, PSV had a decent season. He scored a few goals. So the experience you'd like to think has done him good. Um, and he did start the game against Sporting, uh, I'm right, thinking, uh, on Saturday. Branthwaite? Yes, I believe he did. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're absolutely right. We've seen the best and worst of Keane and Holgate and Godfrey. And I don't think either of those three can be a you know a long-term centre-back partner for Tarkovsky for the season. So it's Branthwaite or A and other, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's there's lots of um, there's lots of pressure and a lot of expectation on Branthwaite's shoulders. But I mean, I, I didn't see much of the uh, the sporting friendly. But it, it by all accounts, it, he he did perform very very well. He's obviously coming off a, a really good season in in the Eredivisie, which is obviously not the Premier League. But you know, it's uh, it's one of those situations where I think we we need to find out what what the kid's made of particularly when your alternative is, you know, with all the sound effects, Michael Keane and the like. I mean, we, as people keep saying, we know what, we know what we're getting from Michael Keane. We know that, uh, you know, that there's not consistency there. And, um, you know, I think we just, we just need solidity back there, particularly the way that Deitch plays. Um, it seems as though Tarkovsky has shaken off what, whatever he picked up uh, at the weekend and, and he's back in training. So, uh, Thankfully, it looks like he will be he'll be in the side. It's unfortunate uh, the that Dwight McNeil is ruled out, um, but bearing in mind uh, the possibility that uh, Arnaut Dan Juma might not be ready, given that he sat out uh, last Saturday. Uh, what is your team uh, for Saturday, Roger? Well, if we're assuming DCL is fit at least to start the game, then he starts the game. Personally, I would play Dakure off him if we're going for that formation. Um, so I'm going front to back now. Um, that gives us a midfield four with um, Iwobi, Ghana, Ghana, and Onana. Um, I think Jimmy Ghana on the right, um, and and Ghana Gay sitting a little bit deeper. Onana in front of him, Iwobi down the left. Centre backs, yes, Tarkovsky. It has to be Branthwaite because. Um, he uh, has not blotted his copybook as much as uh, the other potentials, as discussed. And, and I think I don't think there's any doubt at all that Ashley Young starts. I mean, Ashley Young, OK, he's 38. And you can have your views, as I do, about signing a 38-year-old. But the one thing he is, is oven ready to play. So he's going right. to play. He's on, exactly. he's on decent money. So he's going to start. He's going to start left back, I would venture to suggest. And, um, and then it's Patterson on, on the right-hand side. And... And Pickford in goal. That's uh, that, that's the lineup. I mean, it, it's 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 okay defensively. Where the goals are coming from is is the is always the worry, isn't it? With this squad, where where they're coming from, a thirty yard screamer from Decore will take another one of those. That'd be nice. Um, I, personally, I'm not convinced that Calvert Lewin will start. But uh, Paul, any any changes to that? Kind of picks itself quite early, doesn't it? It's not, there's not much. There's so, there's yeah, so little wiggle room. I'm not trying to dampen your uh, prediction, predicted lineup, Roger, for that. But it's, it's yeah, I mean, you're not really looking at many options. Not at all. For, for any position, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't think Dominic be quite ready. The, the, the way the way Sean Dice has handled Dominic so far suggests if if he's brought about he had two two 45 minute cameos in uh, in preseason overall. Both in the last week or so, um, I'd be surprised if he's able to to start the game. He might be on the bench, perhaps, but I'd be surprised if he begins the game. Uh, it might be more like last twenty or so should he be needed. So does that mean Neil Mope? Um, maybe by <laughs> process of elimination, it might have to be. Dan Juma's not fit. I don't. It doesn't sound like he is. So he, he could maybe play up front. 
he's not going to go with Damari Gray, I don't think. If he hasn't been training, well, he won't be because he hasn't been training with us or isn't part of it. So, yeah, you, you really, you know, unless Mope, I can't really think of else other than the Mope will be starting the game. Um, unless he went with Dobbin, perhaps, I suppose. But I don't think that'll happen. Um, so, yeah, but the rest of it, and I don't know. I don't know and exactly which sort of formation and where, but yeah, all them players who play, who Roger said in midfield would be playing. Yeah, the the other option, I suppose, is if you want to stick Ashley Young further up the pitch, I guess, um, and Mikalenko left back. But again, Mikalenko has had very little game time as well, so I imagine he might be sort of you know given a little bit more time to get to get fit. So um, I think it largely picks itself. I'm just not so sure Dominic will be ready, um, and knowing Sean, he wouldn't want to risk him if he wasn't. Yeah, I mean the three pinch points are the obvious ones, really. I mean, Pickford will play, Patterson will play, Tarkovsky will play a fit, Young, Garner Gay, Onana, Decore, uh, Garner will play somewhere, um, Iwobi will play somewhere. So you're kind of left with who's going to play at centre-back with Tarkovsky. And it could be one of three. I mean, he might chuck Branthwaite and he might stick with Michael Keane. I mean, Ben Godfrey started, actually, at the uh, at the weekend, um, which was a okay. bit of, which was a bit of a... Well, not a strange one, but it was un- unexpected. I, I, I thought um, I thought he may start with um, one of the other two, but Ben Godfrey started. Uh, and then it's what you do wide. I thought of Dobbin is the only other person you could play wide um, instead of maybe James Garner playing wide. You could put Lewis Dobbin one side and then it's who's going to play up front in, in the central striking Role and if it's not DCL, it's almost got to be Mopai because there's nobody else, is there? I mean, there, there is nobody else. I mean, that's that's taking into account that Danjuma's not fit. Um, so, what will he do at centre half, and what will he do wide right? Really, I, I think are the only two decisions he's got to make. The other ones will be if they're fit, they play. Um, and I can't see after what he said about Dominic Carvert-Lewin after Saturday that Carvert-Lewin would be starting. I don't know. Is is Sean Dyche one to play a little trick? I'm not sure. He's not, not much for one for the mind games, is he? Um, no. I'll we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Carvert-Lewin certainly seems, you know, and please God that that be true. You know, he certainly seems as though he feels like he's turned the corner and that, that you know, that he's, he's, he's on his way to hopefully finding some, some consistent fitness, which, you know, as I say, we really, really need. But, um, I mean, going back to the to, to the likes of Ben Godfrey, and I think maybe even Nathan Patterson, it could be big season uh, for both of them if they can, yeah. uh, if they are selected on a regular basis. Because I think, I mean, particularly in Godfrey's case, we're, we're now, we now need to see um, what, which is his favorite position, which I think we know is centre-half. Um, and is he capable of being the player that we thought we signed? Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. And I think, you know, unless unless there is someone else who comes in before the deadline, which um, I think apart from vague links to Harry Maguire, it's very quiet on that front. I think we are going to have to go with the pool of centre-halves that we have and really find out, find out what they're made of. And, and, and hopefully that's enough. Yeah. I don't really have the question of that. No, I think, <laughs> yeah, you can't help but feel Michael Keane will play plenty of games, whether you like that or not. I think yeah, it, 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 it feels like a little bit inevitable, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. Let's play devil's advocate a little bit. Ben Goffey starts on Saturday. 
responsible for the goal, Keane will quickly be in. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. You know, it, it's it's his it's his safety net almost, isn't it? And yeah, you might worry you might worry about how safe that net is. But um, playing devil's advocate again, could could this almost be a reverse dilemma? What if what if Neil Mope comes in and scores? <laughs> then he's like, never start. Oh wow, I'm gone. Does he play more games? You know what I mean, does he? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it's, uh, it's a bit of a matter what can happen up front. With uh, but that's the funny thing with football, isn't it? <laughs> you just never know. So um, yeah, let's, let's hope that happens, I guess. And then we've got a nice problem on our hands. But um, yeah, it's I just can't help but think that Michael Keane will, will play a lot of games, whether that's starting or throughout the season. He'll get at least twenty games, I imagine. You know, Daish is known for not just having his favourite players, but also favouring experience. And if we come back to Chimiti and 15 million quid for a 19-year-old from Portugal, uh, how much, you know, is he going to be thrown in at the deep end, really? I just can't see it. Similarly with Branthwaite. And then equally, you know, you talk about Patterson, he's still a young kid, although we spent money on him. You know, how much time will he get to develop under Daish? And how much time can Daish give these people to develop when it's going to be a close call at the end of the season? I don't want to do a spoiler on predictions but I don't think we're going to get north of 50 points and I don't think we're going to be safe by Easter so you know he can't afford we're saying you know we can't afford to let games go before the window we could do with some signings in and 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 Daesh is kind of between a rock and a hard place in terms of giving kids their head and yet professionally wanting to trust those in whom he's trusted before and who have uh, you know come through for him and who have experience and it's perfectly natural in his position for him to do that we may not like it I may not like it but He's he, he, that's that's what he's going to do. Go with the tried and trusted. I suspect every time over the youthful exuberance. I, my mind did wander um, to the fact that Neil Mope could start on Saturday and score and will score more than once. I, I don't know whether it was some kind of kind of fever dream I had, but it, it, what <laughs> I mean, it's if he's in the team when. He, there's there's every reason to. It's the most evident thing ever, isn't it? That if he actually comes into the team and does okay on Saturday, um, that could happen. That could be that could be something that happens. I mean, he has scored. Was he scored twice in preseason? I know one was a penalty, but he did score in the Monza game, I believe, as well. So it's not yeah. as if he's kind of you know. It's not as if he's out there after having won a competition. I mean, this guy is is capable of scoring the odd goal, and it might just be that Saturday that happens, and then we've got we've got all sorts of discussions to have next week, haven't we? I mean, we, yeah. we need competition for places, so that'd be a great problem to have. You know, if Mope scores two or scores one or gets an assist or makes a contribution. Let, let's let that'd be great. I don't care who scores. None of us care who scores, but let's have some competition for places all over the pitch. And at the moment, as we've said. The team kind of picks itself, so that's not healthy, is it, in a competitive sporting environment? Yeah, it would be a, a shop window moment for me, I think, if Mope starts <laughs> scoring before the deadline. But, uh, yeah, that's just me. Well, um, let's, uh, on that note, bring uh, Usher back in the weekly question. Uh, this time was posed by Andy, who wants to know our, um, our specific predictions uh, for the season. Uh, so let's... Uh, Let's see. Let's sort of kick. Paul, why don't you kick off Everton's final points tally, final position, and uh, top scorer? All right. Just a caveat, and uh, don't 
one, don't because I got the last four games right last season. Don't think this is true. And two, I'm really not yeah, one to so whatever you say, I'm putting ten pounds on it. <laughs> That's your dumb fault. But like, um, uh, and two, I'm just I'm really not one to sort of like look at games. Go, oh, we could win that, and then we'll do. It. I was with like four games to go because I was desperate, a desperate fool. But um, at the start, you just never know. But like, I, so I just try and look at it as a more of a, a pragmatic viewpoint of like looking at looking at all the teams in the league. I'd like to be looking at it from the bottom, uh, the bottom down. But unfortunately, looking at it from the yeah, sorry, from the top, from the top down. But you can't, you can't look at it from the bottom up. Um, and the teams I finish, we can finish. I feel we can finish above. Bournemouth, Fulham, Luton, Sheffield United, and Wolves. I think we'll finish above them. Uh, I think. Fulham. Yeah, I just see them having a stinker. They, they've had a t- tumultuous yeah. summer. Um, they've lost. You know, they're, they're, I think they'll lose their main striker before the end of it. Yeah, you never. You, you don't know who's going to sign what, do we? Yeah, that's what I mean by saying. Well, Everton definitely need to have got the business done by now, given the where we've been the last couple of seasons. We're far from alone and being nowhere near uh, having everything done. I think that's fair to say. Um, and I think we can finish. Yeah, I'd see us finishing around about the same as Burnley and Nottingham Forest and possibly West Ham if they don't sort of sort a few things out. But um, So let's just go in the middle of that um, and finishing above them teams that I've mentioned. I'd say a position of 14th. And again, I'm not one to look at points per game and stuff like that. But if I look at last season down there, it was a very, very low scoring season, wasn't it? Uh, points total. So let's just add six mm-hmm. more points to out uh, there to what was 14th last season gives you 46 points. Um, I'd love these uh, the obvious answer of a top striker, uh, top goal scorer DCL. I'm just going to go a bit out there with uh, on on uh, Dan Juma. Um, if he can get a little bit of a purple patch, play plenty of games. It's going to be a lot of one nils. We don't know how how fit Dominic's going to be. It could well be our top goal scorer scores about eight goals. It was six last season, wasn't it, or something like that? You know, so um, yeah, yeah, so uh, seven, don't see it being a high high number. So I'll just go with Dan Juma as a bit of a bit of an outside punt. You got on the bookies, Andy. <laughs> I'm just tallying that all that up now. Um, I've gone. Well, let's give you the headline figures. I've gone 42 points. So my thinking there is that I feel as if, well, I think we'll get more, and I think there may well be teams at the bottom this year who are. I'm hoping that are very much below us in standard um, who may in in theory spread the points out in the middle of the league a little bit. I think the middle of the league might be a bit more bloated than it was last year. So 42 points, 16th position. And much like Paul, I've been trying to think who we're finishing above. Um, I think we finish um, above Wolves. I think we finish uh, possibly above Bournemouth, but I think we can definitely finish above Luton, Sheffield United. I'm no, I don't know about Burnley. I, I, I don't. Um, I, I mean, how many? How many would I have to find? Twentieth, nineteenth, eighteenth, seventeenth. So I've got to find four. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm going to say Wolves, Luton, Sheffield United, and I'm going to put Bournemouth in there. As the teams below us, but I think it will be. I think you may well hope get a few that are cut off a little bit more than they were last year, um, and therefore it will be hopefully 
a more um, relaxed atmosphere around the Toffee Web podcast come March, April. Roger, what say you? Oh, and Dan Juma. Sorry, I've gone Dan Juma as well. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I, I just see it a bit differently. That's <laughs> a little hmm. bit differently. I agree that we can finish above two teams. Um, and I think those are probably Luton and Sheffield United. Um, I think other teams, I think Bournemouth have strengthened actually. And I think they've got quite an interesting manager. I think Fulham will be all right. They've got enough talent. And I think Burnley will be all right. Um, Wolves probably um, could provide us with a uh, another team to finish above. But I've got us 18th, I'm afraid. Um, we flirted with it. We flirted with it for two seasons in a row. I think I think this might be our time. Um, I've got us with 36 points. I do think at least Luton will be adrift, uh, and therefore I think it will be quite tight. I can see us drawing more games than winning. Um, so that's where the points tally is a little bit lower. And I think we will come unstuck because of lack of goals. Uh, if we can score 45 goals, then I think we'll be all right. But I don't I don't see us scoring many. I've got Decore top scorer. I don't think we'll have a goal scorer in double figures. And I very much hope I'm proven wrong. Um, but I don't think DCL will stay fit enough for long enough. Um, and, you know, last season six was the top. Spread the goals around a bit. I think Decore will get plenty of game time. I think he'll play high up the pitch. I think he's he's a he's a real goal threat in the air and on the ground. So I think he could be the leading goal scorer. But I'm sorry to say, I have put his 18th on 36 points, and it won't be a very relaxing end to the season. Uh, and I hope it is. And therefore, you don't want me back on the podcast to discuss how brilliantly <laughs> correct and accurate I was. <laughs> Well, you, you did bill yourself as the, what was it, the, the prophet of doom or, or something? The harbinger of doom. <laughs> harbinger yeah, yeah. of doom, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to to counter that slightly, um, L. Bretland, who was hoping to join us to, this evening but, but couldn't, uh, he has got us on 48 points, finishing 15th, with Calvert-Lewin being the top scorer. And um, I would throw mine in. I'm slightly more optimistic and I confess that this 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 is slightly predicated, some perhaps somewhat naively, on uh, Everton actually doing some more business before the end of the season when it comes to attacking players and uh, Calvert Lewin playing more regularly regularly than he has over the past couple of seasons. I've got him as top scorer, uh, forty nine points, and I have us finishing twelfth. Woo! Yeah, the heady the the, the giddy heights of twelfth. Although <laughs> listening listening to. Uh, to each of you going through the, the the teams that you think that we can finish above, I'm looking at the table going, well, can, can we actually finish above those? <laughs> but, you know, you always have, um, there's always a couple of teams that, that have a have a nightmare. Um, and normally yeah. the last yeah. few reasons, first last few seasons, that's been us. Um, I think Wolves are in a mess. Uh, the Sheffield United fan who was on the, the overlap with, uh, you know, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher uh, this week, it was absolutely bereft. He said that they've absolutely got no chance whatsoever. <laughs> and he thinks they're going to go straight back down. So hopefully that's the case. Um, you know, you'd like to think that we have more than the likes of Bournemouth and, and, and Nottingham Forest. But uh, yeah, I think we, as we've seen the last couple of seasons, we are going to struggle to score goals. I think if Calvert-Lewin stays fit, that's different because just not necessarily because he's going to score a hatful himself, but he just makes us a completely different team, gives us that focal point. And I think if we can just add, you know, just to some more creativity up, up that end of the pitch, I think we'll be okay. Um, I'm, kind of hopeful that, that Dan Juma will be able to provide something a bit more different, bit 
maybe replace some of what we lost from Richarlison, that kind of um, enigmatic element, someone who can sort of, you know, find a goal from somewhere. So uh, I guess, uh, I guess we'll wait and see. Well, and you're about creativity at the top of the pitch. An update from Alan Myers uh, from four minutes ago. Everton submitted an offer uh, for Hugo uh, Akatiki, which PSG are considering. So he's uh, young, raw, but supremely talented from all accounts. So maybe, uh, maybe there's your answer. Well, that Ooh. was um, that was what Fabrizio Robano said earlier, and then yeah. uh, our friend the Bobble chimed in and said that wasn't the case. So uh, let's see. It's, it's an interesting one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And, it, <clears throat> and in other news, Bernard has just banged one in for Panathinaikos <laughs> in the Champions League. Really? Remember, remember him? <laughs> yeah. 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 Against ten man uh, Marseille. Yeah. I, wow. I liked Bernard. Yeah. I was sad that it didn't work out for him too much, but. <laughs> A bit more breaking news. Um, Alan, Adam McCulloch's uh, predictions have just reached us. Oh, good. And I think I think this might be the. Oh, what did what? How many points did you say, Lyndon? Forty nine. Wow. Okay, this is the second Jeez, most. <laughs> no, this, this, oh no, it's not. No, because no, L said forty eight. Uh, Adam says yes. forty six points on thirteenth place with DCL top scorer. Yeah. See, there's, there's three of us with a, with a slight bit of optimism. I'm, I'm building in the cushions so that when we get deducted nine points, we can still stay up on 40. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot that too. I'm just going to take my evidence. No, that, off. It's, factored in, it's factored into my prediction. Oh, yeah? Is it? Ah, okay. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you get two bites of the cherry there. You know, we could be okay, but take a six-point penalty and then... I'm still, I'm still down at the low end of the field. Oh, very true. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Very all, true. All of that, everything we just said, all, all of that, it um, shows how important it is to get off to a good start, doesn't it? Eh? I mean, yeah, really need 100%. to. Hundred percent. Yeah. What from Fulham, Villa, well, already you're saying Fulham, Villa, Wolves, Sheffield United. What you're kind of already saying. Minimum sort of twelve points. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly minimum sort of seven, eight, or something like that. Yeah, you know I mean, you really need to sort of. Uh, certainly, the ones other than Villa. You know, what I mean, that that'd be a tough game, no doubt. But like the other three, you know, what I mean, if we're not getting at least seven from there, you know, I know it sounds pretty defeatist to be saying that so early, but we saw saw what happened last season. Having a pretty mediocre start, you know, so really important. So, uh, yeah, let's hope uh, let's hope Goodison's rocking and we get off to a flyer on flyer on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, but we've got to do more away from home, haven't we? We we can't rely on the bear pit for you know. I I I talk to fans obviously, and you know you see you get a bit of the mood on social media, and and I'm I'm encouraged by the positivity on here, although I didn't bring my own apologies. <laughs> but you know, there's only so often this fan base can go to the well, and if we're going to the well for an entire season, you know, again for home games to to get you know twenty odd thirty points from our home games. It's very tough. We've got to be able to go away. I mean, there are teams. There's Luton, there's Sheffield United. We've said Crystal Palace, you know, they've not mm. got much. They've lost Zaha. You know, they could struggle. And yeah. Nottingham Forest, etc. Wolves. There are places where if we could pick up four wins away from home, 12 points, then, you know, this is a this is a real boost. And that's where it makes a difference, you know. Um, forget going away to City and getting a point. I mean, it's, it's no good to man nor beast, really. You've got to be going to those, those teams around you and beating them. That's why, you know, last season was so, when we lost at home to Southampton and lost at home to Wolves, it was, it really was time to press the panic button, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry to take you back to that. 
you've got to remember that Luton have got Ross Barkley. <laughs> oh, well, wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm more encouraged. Well, we'll see, won't we? I mean, I think we'll do better away under Sean Dice. I think if you're talking a lot more, you know, points on the road, yeah, the odd, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of draws on the road probably um, is the way. But the away from one, the Frank Lampard was really poor, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so, terrible. Yeah, so hopefully that's something that can that can improve at least. What would have to, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, you're right. It's certainly something we need to do better. Yeah, the the key for me will be winning those those home games that we were expected to win that we just did not under Lampard. And not only did we not win, we were beaten by teams right down there at the bottom. Absolutely. Deitch played two teams in the bottom half and won them both. So I think that that for me is where where my optimism comes. But uh, on that note, Blues, uh, that's it. The summer's over. The new season is almost upon us. Wouldn't it be great to get off to our flyer with three points to calm the nerves and inject a bit of confidence into the collective veins? Uh, whatever happens, we'll be back next week to discuss it all. Until then, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like the tip, if you like the podcast, tell your mates and up those toffees. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.